everyone, and welcome back to the Seek the Joy podcast. Oh, and happy Halloween. I hope you all have exciting Halloween plans for this year. I personally love Halloween. I love any excuse to decorate and get festive. I love to carve pumpkins, but I don't do the scary movie horror movie gory things. You'll never catch me at a Knott's scary farm type situation, but I just love any excuse to get festive. And I don't know about you, but I just love seeing the little trick-or-treaters. I just think it's so freaking cute. And this year I'm dressing up for the first time in probably probably at least 10 years. No joke. I'm going to be posting my fantastic costume on the Seek the Joy Instagram page. So I hope you'll go on today and check it out. Or if you're listening to this podcast after Halloween, just head over to the Instagram and and see what I dressed up as this year. So on today's podcast is Melissa Anderson and Melissa and I met while in law school and she just recently moved back to Houston, Texas where she grew up. And while in law school, Melissa found joy and grounding and honestly found her way back to herself through SoulCycle. And SoulCycle really provided her with just this amazing community and support system and just a place where she could find herself again. And so we talk a little bit about that journey on today's podcast, but we also talk about navigating the world as an adult, or as I like to call it, adulting. We talk about knowing your boundaries and just the importance of knowing yourself and when you need to really take a step back and take care of yourself and and take a time out. I mentioned this a little bit in today's episode, but it's just been so interesting to me that this theme of self-care and knowing your boundaries and knowing when to rest and when to take a step back from the day-to-day hustle and bustle and chaos that is our reality right now. The fact that This is just a theme that keeps coming up naturally and organically with everyone that I've been talking to is really fascinating to me. And I think something that should really give us, it should really give us all pause. And I say that because I don't think that enough of us are taking that time to take care of ourselves and set boundaries and really start to feel more comfortable in our own skin because... I don't think we can get to a place where we are start where we start to feel more comfortable with ourselves until we start taking better care of ourselves. So obviously this is something that I've been thinking a lot about and something that I hope to continue to explore and talk more about in future episodes. But I just wanted to take a moment to sort of acknowledge the fact that this is something that keeps coming up and In my opinion, if something keeps coming up so frequently, that usually means it's important and something that we should all think about and talk about and figure out. So I hope you enjoy this episode just as much as we enjoyed recording it. I just think her journey with SoulCycle and her experiences on and off the bike and in law school and beyond and moving, moving to a city, you know, right after a hurricane, just huge, big transitions in life. I just think her story is so relatable and something that we've all gone through or are currently going through or 
or will go through. So yeah, enjoy. And here is my conversation with Melissa. So I am joined today by Melissa Anderson, a good friend of mine and somebody who I met during law school. Hi, Melissa. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Of course. I'm so honored. So I thought we could just start off and you can introduce yourself. My name is Melissa Anderson, like Sydney said, and I am not quite an attorney yet because I'm waiting on so bar close. results, but so knock close. on wood, hopefully... <laughs> Hopefully, um, things turn out in my favor. Um, but I am currently living in Houston, um, which is where I grew up and I am working at a law firm downtown that does maritime law, which hardly anyone knows what that is. And it's really complicated to explain. And I don't really even know what it is. (laughs) So So we won't go into it. (laughs) So we won't go into it. Um, just let that be. And so, yeah, um, I'm back here in Texas and trying to readjust to everything Texas since I've lived in LA for the past three years. Yeah. Well, I'm really happy that you moved back, moved back to Texas for you. I'm, I'm not personally happy about it, but that's fine. Um, so you and I (laughs) met in law school and I'll never forget, uh, you were sitting in the atrium and I was walking around during class as I normally would when I would just start (laughs) to lose my attention span. You were in your bar prep course. Is that what it was? Okay, no wonder I left the room. (laughs) Anyway, I remember coming into the atrium and I had seen you, I think, a couple weeks prior with um, a mutual friend of ours. And I just started talking to you about SoulCycle because we had seen each other at SoulCycle and me being the very forward person that I Actually, I'm not that forward, but I was in that moment. I just suggested that we exchange numbers and go to class together sometime, I think, is what happened. Um, So so my point is, you and I met in law school. So what would you say you learned the most about yourself during those three years? I think I learned probably that, like... I just am actually capable of doing things I didn't think I would be capable of. Um, and more, not necessarily in like the academic sense. I mean, yeah, I did, you know, there were times where it was super, super hard and I had so much on my plate and I just like, didn't think I was going to be able to get through it or I wasn't going to be able to learn all of the material before the final or whatever. But I think just more in like my experiences, I don't know. I think like moving to LA made me like grow up so much Mm -hmm. and be on my own. And I think in that sense, it made me learn that like, I can do this, like I can do anything that I set out to do. Um, that makes a lot of sense. I moved. Yeah. Like when I moved to LA to go to Pepperdine, I knew, I actually knew two people who lived in LA. One was a friend from college and she lived um, in Beverly Hills, and I lived kind of even, not even, further than the valley. Um, and so we didn't live that close to each other. And then I had another friend who was like a childhood friend of mine that lived down the street from me when we were little, little girls. And like her family moved to Chicago when we were seven. So it's like, it's not like we were very close. <laughs> I think I yeah. saw her maybe three times. Um, so I basically moved to LA not knowing anyone and I don't know what gave me the gumption to do that, but looking back on it, I can see like 
wow, like I was stronger than I thought I was because I was able to do that and like create a wonderful life in LA that like I truly, truly miss. I think, I think you showed yourself, okay, of course you can handle things academically because if you couldn't, you wouldn't have gone to, to law school to begin with. Yeah. But it's also about what you can handle on a personal level or even emotionally, just handling a lot more than maybe you had ever had to handle or juggle before, which I think is some a big takeaway for me from the law school experience too, is that I can handle a lot, a lot more than I ever thought I could. And what goes hand in hand with that too is that I'm much stronger than I ever thought I was. And yes, I think absolutely. for a lot of us, especially if you're so academically driven, your life is school and what grades you mm-hmm. get and your your academic achievements. But, you know, you can't make it through such a rigorous program no matter what school you go to um, if you can't handle it emotionally and on a on a personal level. And I think there's a huge amount of growth that sort of comes from, from those experiences. But at least I sort of learned too, you know, you can't do it alone. Nobody, nobody is an Island. And so obviously you did end up making friends and good friends and people who I would probably say you still obviously keep in touch with and talk to, and you and I are still friends. Um, But going through that law school experience, what were things that you did to sort of keep yourself grounded? Or even just now, what are things that you do to keep yourself, to keep yourself grounded? Because working, you know, in a law firm or in any legal or professional setting, it's, it's demanding. So my one all year, I, you know, I, obviously made friends, but it was a slow process because I didn't know anybody. And so, um, you know, I spent a lot of time at my apartment and with my dog, um, which I'm so glad I took her to LA to keep me company. Um, but I just like started, I don't know, not, I didn't like lose myself. That seems really dramatic, but I just was kind of like, I feel like there, like I need something else in my life. And it sounds really corny, but, um, I started going to soul cycle, which is kind of the, um, bedrock of our friendship. It I really feel is like, though. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's like soul cycle and br- brunch is the bedrock of our friendship. I think so. It's a solid um, foundation. If you ask me, it is <laughs> food and exercise. Totally. Um, <laughs> So I started going and I was like going through a tough time at the beginning of my 2L year. Um, And I just like, I've never been one who loves to exercise. Like by no means is that me whatsoever. But I like started going to my gym at my apartment because I was just really frustrated and confused and stressed out. And I was like getting bored of the treadmill. And so for some reason I was like, Oh, there's this place in Malibu called soul cycle. Let me go check it out. Like, I don't know what made me do it, but I went to a class and was obsessed with it. Um, and I think I also liked the fact that like I was going in Malibu where there were celebrities. So that kind of kept me going I mean, back. That doesn't hurt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I'm pretty sure like in my first several months, like, Willow Smith, Katie Holmes, Minnie Driver, 
I think they were all in my classes in Malibu. Um, so I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm living the dream right now. Um, (laughs) yeah, totally a girl who did not grow up in LA would say something like that. Um, so you started, you started going to soul cycle and obviously that really helped you stay grounded and it gave you something else to do. I mean, outside of, outside of class and studying. So can we talk a little bit about your soul cycle journey? Because you do have a, uh, I guess it's a soul cycle, what blog post soul inspiration yes. post written yeah, so that you soul wrote. Cycle, so yeah. So the company does these, um, Oh, soul story. It's a soul story. Soul story. Thank you. Yeah. So they do these like soul stories and, um, it's basically they ask, sometimes it's instructors, but usually it's the people who actually ride at Soul Cycle because they're very big on community, which is one of the things that I was drawn to about them. Um, but they just get these riders who have kind of like made big changes in their life um, and they kind of like focus it around Soul Cycle. Um, they write about it and the company puts it on their blog. And so I was asked to do one. So, so you talked a little bit about earlier, um, your first class was during your second year of law school. Was that when they first opened up the Malibu location? No, I think, I think they had opened maybe like a year or two before. And so I think it was kind of a newer location. And so I think like it was not an intimidating environment at the Malibu studio. And so I've always been someone who like loves to dance. That doesn't mean I'm good at it. I didn't like (laughs) actually like dance on a team or anything growing up, but I am a Beyonce lover at heart. So I just really think that that says something, you know, about my love for a good beat. Um, Oh, totally. Side note, Sydney and I saw Beyonce in concert a little over a year ago and it was like life-changing. It was life-changing and also incredibly (laughs) stressful with the traffic at Dodger Stadium, but I digress. (laughs) So stressful. Anyway. So I think I just, everything about it, I just loved, you know, being able to exercise, but not actually feeling like I'm exercising. Like I never felt like I was being pushed by a coach and saying like, go faster or focused on my performance or, you know, how many calories am I burning? I was never focused on that. It was just so fun. It was literally a dance party on a bike. And so I think it was super fun in the moment that I was in the class, but it also made me feel so good outside of the class. Cause of course, like exercise makes you feel good. And so I just became like super addicted to it. Um, and then kind of later on through my journey, uh, several months in, I was driving around in Westlake village, which is close to where I was living at the time. And in this kind of shopping center, and I saw that there was a sign that said soul cycle coming soon. And I was like, are you joking? This is five minutes from my house. I was super pumped and I got online and did some research and, you know, was trying to figure out like, when are they opening? And somehow I don't really know how it happened. I stumbled upon the fact that they were hiring positions for the front desk at that studio. And Again, I don't know where I got this gumption or where I thought I would have the time to do it, but I applied for the job and I was like, there's no way I'm going to get this. You know, who am I? Um, I'm not super fit. You know, I'm not like the typical like person you would think of who is obsessed with indoor cycling, but 
I got an interview and of course was like freaking out because this was in my height of soul cycle obsessedness. Right. And so I had an interview and long story short, they hired me and I worked at the front desk with like, I don't know, maybe eight or nine other girls. And one of the things that I said in my interview of why I wanted to work there was I said, obviously, you know, I love soul cycle. It's done so much for me. Um, and like really kind of changed my perspective on life, but I wanted to like help other people, you know, who might just be walking in and not knowing what soul cycle is. And I wanted them to know that this is a place that's all about community. Um, this is a place that, you know, makes you feel good for the 45 minutes that you're on the bike and then it'll roll over into the rest of your day. And I just really wanted to give back to the community that kind of put me back on the right track. Um, when I was going through a hard time during law school, I mean, how could anyone not connect to that part of your story? You know what I mean? Just about yeah. like soul cycle really becoming this your place and a place where you felt comfortable and like you could be yourself. And I don't know if I'm going out on a limb out on a limb here or not, but I don't know. I feel like in some ways law school is such a competitive and intense environment and it's really difficult to be yourself. And so yeah. then to find a place outside of law school where you could go and have a good time and, you know, find a place where you're having, you're having fun and you feel a sense of community and you're pushing yourself and yeah, you know, the fitness aspect and maybe the weight loss aspect or whatever it is for different people is an added bonus. And it's something that sort of comes along with it, but I don't know. I just always felt like, especially with you, SoulCycle was just so much more than that. So you mentioned a little bit about how it, how that whole journey sort of changed your perspective. In in what way did it make you feel, did it give you a more positive outlook on life? I think, I mean, one, going back to what we were talking about earlier with, um, you know, learning that you can actually do things that you set your mind to. Um, learning that about myself, I think soul cycle was a big part of that. Um, I gained like a good amount of weight, my one all year, just because of the stress and the moving and I don't even know, but, um, it was very unintentional with soul cycle yeah. that, um, I ended, I ended up losing about 50 pounds and it was like a hundred percent unintentional. I did not really set out to lose weight. I just, started doing something and loved it. And that was the result of it. And so I think one, um, I mean, eventually once I started dropping pounds, I was like, Oh, this is awesome. Let's like set a goal, you know, to lose X amount of weight. Yeah. Keep it going. Why not? Yeah, absolutely. So I think that was part of it was, um, you know, soul cycle did help me see like, wow, like you can like losing weight is really hard, especially for women. It is. So I think that was one thing that I was like, wow, I've like never really been able to do anything like this. And this finally helped me. Um, so I think that's one aspect of it. I think it did, um, just give me a more positive outlook on life because it was just this whole other group of people. You know, I had my law school friends and they were great and I loved them all. And I loved my time at Pepperdine, but it was a separate community where I was 
Like I didn't have to talk to anybody about law school. You know, Which it's like so all my great, friends. By the way, to not always yeah. have to talk about what you're doing on a day to day basis. Yeah, exactly. It's like pretty much the only people that I knew in LA, I also went to school with. So it's like our common denominator is school. And so some, you know, it just so happens that, you know, every conversation you're going to end up bringing up something about school and in law school, you don't necessarily want to be talking about it all the time. You're doing it all the time. You don't want to think and talk about it all the time. So, um, being able to have another community where they didn't know anything about law school. Um, the girls that I worked with, some of them were in community college. Some of them were still in high school. Some of them had graduated from college and were managers there. Some of them, you know, so they were just all in different walks of life. And so it was nice to just have an escape. And I mean, they ended up being some of my best friends. Like I keep in touch with them just as much as I keep in touch with my law school friends. So I think that that really helped just shape my experience. And it was just totally something that I did not expect in a million years. Like I would have never thought that I would have gone to LA to go to law school and ended up working at a fitness company for a year and a half. (laughs) I know. I mean, it's, it's amazing how just sometimes life can be so, um, unexpected. You just, you just really don't know what's going to happen, but something that you mentioned that I, that I think is really probably the coolest part too, of your journey, besides the fact that you found this community and it obviously changed your perspective and your outlook and gave you an outlet that maybe you wouldn't have had otherwise. But when you were talking a little bit about what motivated you to want to work for the company and just about wanting to show, I think you mentioned, you know, this level of kindness and like welcoming mm-hmm. people, you know, the same experience that you had when you went to your first soul cycle ride. Um, I think yeah. that speaks a lot about the company and the people that work there, but also about you and who, and who you are. And so I think, I just think that's such an important point that, you know, as we all experience more kindness, it encourages us to be kinder in return. Absolutely. And I just Absolutely. think there just really isn't enough of that out there. And so the fact that that was in part, you know, your motivation and wanting to really help others who may be going through a similar experience or journey that you, that you were going on, I think is so important too, because I think so often we all just sort of exist side by side, but we don't talk enough about maybe what's really going on and, and maybe someone is showing up to a class, but we don't know what's going on in their day-to-day life or what their goals are or what you know they're excited about or what they're struggling with. So to kind of go into something w- with the attitude of I'm here because I want to support you, I think is so, is so cool. And also just so yeah. important as I think we all grow and evolve. Yeah, definitely. So now that you're, now that you're out of law school and you're working, um, obviously in a law firm environment and you're sort of going you know, you're still in that situation where there's a lot of sitting every day and you're still, um, you know, you're still faced with some of maybe the same challenges that you had in law school. But do you find that finding joy by going to soul cycle or doing other things that 
you know, that are an outlet, does that also help you stay, stay grounded and, and maintain the perspective that you've, you've gained over the last couple of years? Yeah, uh, definitely. I mean, I am not going to sit here and act like I've been the best at this transition. <laughs> um, it's definitely been really hard and I have had the intention of going to about 20 more classes than I've actually attended at soul cycle. Um, I think, I think looking back and seeing what I know something like soul cycle can do for me, um, and seeing how it can change my outlook and change just how I go about my day. I know that that is possible, but it's, this transition into the real world is so hard and it's exhausting. Um, and so I haven't been very good about going, but every time that I have gone, I get that little piece, you know, of what it did for me, what, two years ago. Um, and so at this point, it's just about like mustering up the energy to go. And I know that once I go, I mean, it's only 45 minutes, you know? Um, I know that once I go, I'm going to feel so much better. Um, but it's definitely been a struggle to do that. And I moved to Houston, uh, like a week after hurricane Harvey hit. So it's been like a crazy transition. Um, and I'm definitely just now about a month and a half in starting to feel, um, like I am, grounded a little bit. More settled. Um, I think another part, yeah. yeah, more settled for sure. I think another thing that, um, is helping me stay grounded is, um, staying in touch with the very few friends that I still have left in Houston. Um, I've got about a handful of friends, um, who I grew up with who are still here that I've kept in touch with. Most of them, I went to the same college with them. So, um, we've stayed in touch. And so I think it's good that I have, that base of friends, um, to help me kind of branch out and meet new people. Cause I'm such a people oriented person. Um, one thing that really just truly brings me joy is just being around people. I'm an extrovert to the T. Um, <laughs> so I think all of that kind of coupled together, I think just like building communities for me is really is something that I know brings me joy and something that I know that I need in order to like sustain my joy yeah. in order to stay grounded. Yeah, no, I think those are really good points too. And then something that I was thinking about while you were talking is that, you know, life happens and, and nobody is perfect and we can't be expected to maintain, you know, the same schedule or the same routine, you know, all the time and, and moving and starting a new job. And I mean, you, like you said, you moved to Houston, literally it was like the week after hurricane Harvey. And so, you know, things happen and you can't go back to soul cycle right away, or you can't have the same routine that maybe you had during law school. But what I think is, is so cool about knowing what, what helps you stay grounded and knowing what brings you joy. And this goes back to maintaining the friendships too, that you have in Houston and, you know, spending time around people and building communities is that regardless of what happens in life, you know, it's always going to be there for you and you can always go back to it. And so I think for a lot of people, you know, half the battle is figuring out, okay, what does bring me joy? What does excite me? I think for so many of us, we get stuck 
in sort of this rut and this routine and we sort of stop being human and we come we become almost sort of like robotic, like going through the motions. Yeah. And so half the battle is figuring out, okay, what can I do to ex- like feel excited, energize myself, like go back to a place where I start to feel like myself again. And so, you know, knowing what those things are, you know, I think half the, it solves half the battle and it's just about returning. It's about returning to them, you know, when you start to feel more balanced and grounded and stable. And I think, I think in this, like the last two weeks, I think you've started to feel a little bit more like there's more stability, but it's a, it's a big challenge, especially when you're balancing a new job and a new routine. And so I don't know, I guess I would say where, where, or when do you feel most like yourself, like amidst going through all this sort of controlled chaos? Uh, controlled chaos. That's, that's literally the only way I can describe it because <laughs> when there's just so much going on and, you know, yeah. I've been there too, where you're moving and you're starting a new job and then, you know, things happen in your family or things happen with your friends or mother nature like loses her mind and there's a hurricane, like, <laughs> right? you know, it's, it's controlled chaos. And so it's sometimes yeah. really hard to feel like yourself. So that's, that's honestly my new favorite phrase. <laughs> I think, um, one thing that I've just learned over the years is just knowing your boundaries, um, and knowing like when you need rest, I think it's, and it sounds so simple, but I think especially today, we just have so much at our fingertips and therefore are able to do so much more, um, than other generations, um, you know, it's like now we have email and we have, um, all these like ways to like still be at work when we're not at work. Yeah. And I think that's, that's a good and a bad thing. I mean, obviously it's like more productivity, which can be really great, but I think knowing when you need to just like remove your, not remove yourself from the situation, but sort but, of take a um, time out maybe. Yeah. 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 Take a time out. Um, and so I think that, you know, for me being such a people person, you know, being with people and talking to people gives me energy and it makes, you know, when I'm with groups of people, I feel like I can just, you know, go, go, go like, cause they're just going to keep giving me energy, but realizing that, you know, I'm actually really tired and I know that I have to go to work tomorrow and like, I have to sit this one out or I need to leave early. Yeah. Um, that's, that's definitely something that I've learned throughout the years. Um, I definitely can have FOMO sometimes, but I think I've learned the importance of knowing that missing out sometimes is actually better for you in the long run, um, that you don't have to do everything and that everything isn't urgent and needs to be done right now. Um, obviously there's going to be seasons in life where you are going to have to, you know, answer, the email on a Saturday night and like go do work. But I think just figuring out that balance, um, is really, really important. That makes a, that makes a lot of sense. And I think that's something that's been coming up a lot lately with myself and also with the people who I've been talking to on this podcast and just 
in text conversations with friends is, is knowing your boundaries and knowing when to take time for yourself. And I, I think self-care is like the new, like it word right now. And so I think it's so interesting that this is really coming up in almost every conversation that I've had. And you said something that I haven't heard someone say before, which is knowing your boundaries. And I think so many of us don't know our boundaries and it has a lot to do with FOMO, fear of missing out because, you know, you, there's also, at least personally, historically through my life, I've always worried, well, if I don't go, are they not going to ask me again to come? Like, and, and I've kind of come to this place where it's like, I know my own limitations and I have to really sit with myself. Okay. Am I sitting this one out because I'm, I'm tired and I'm respecting my own boundaries or am I just being lazy? You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, and I think that goes back to knowing your boundaries and also knowing, knowing yourself and you know, what you need in that moment. So I think that's, that's so interesting that that's a theme that keeps coming up because like you were talking about, I mean, we, we live in this major technological age where we basically can yeah. com- carry a computer with us all the time. I mean, our, Which our, is mind-boggling. our iPhones are basically computers and we yeah. are so accessible all the time. And I want to be accessible to people that I care about, but I also need to learn sometimes, you know, they'll be okay yeah. if I wait 15 minutes to respond. Do you know what I mean? And, yeah. and yeah. this email will... Yeah. I'll do better writing this email if I'm sitting down if as opposed to running down the street and almost walking into like a telephone pole, you know, like, so I think it's just, I think we're all so used to and wanting to adapt to the demands that are on us right now. But I think it's really hard to navigate. And I just, I think we're all learning kind of as we go. Yeah, totally. One of the things, it was like my second week of work. Um, and I, my best friends from high school, there's four of us and one lives in college station, which that's where Texas A&M is for people who don't know. Um, it's about an hour and a half drive from Houston. So one lives there. I live in Houston. One girl lives in Dallas and one girl lives in Denver. And so we were going to get together. We hadn't spent time just us. That wasn't a wedding or a bachelorette party in like four years. Oh wow! So yeah. So, um, we were going to have a girls weekend. And so we were, we were there and it was, like I said, my second week of work, I think. And I got an email from one of the partners asking me a question and I was like, Oh my gosh, you know, do I need to answer this? I was just so nervous. Cause I didn't know what they, what their expectations were, you know? Yeah, of course. Um, and I didn't, I mean, I, couldn't have helped her anyways. Cause I didn't have a work laptop or any way to access anything. So I was so nervous and I emailed her back, um, with the help of my friends, obviously. <laughs> and it's always a group um, effort. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely a group effort. And I said, I'm out of town this weekend and I don't have access to the file, but is it okay if I, you know, work on this first thing Monday morning or something like that? And she emailed me back and was like, Oh, of course. Like I would, I wouldn't expect you to do work on a weekend unless, you know, if I say urgent, then, you know, I need you it done. But she was like, I would not expect you to do this work on a weekend. And it was just so funny because I automatically thought like, Oh my gosh, I have to get this done right now. Like 
a partner emailed this to me. I like, you know, me, the lowly associate, I have to get it done and prove that I can, that I'm dedicated and you know, all this stuff. Yeah. And it was just so funny that like, that was not her intention at all. That's it. I think that's interesting. Yeah. Cause I think we all just, ex- we just figure, Oh, okay. We're getting the email now. That means we need to take care of it now. Yes, absolutely. And so that's kind of, that's kind of what I was getting at was I think we've kind of trained ourselves to think like, if I get a text message right now, I have to reply right now. If I get an email right now, I have to figure it out and email and answer back right now. Um, and so I think it was just so interesting that she was like, no, take your weekend. I know you're out of town. Um, so that was kind of like a check on me and also made me really, um, thankful for my employer. <laughs> totally. Cause some people are not that lucky, but yeah. I, I think that's interesting too, because I think we're all navigating sort of uncharted waters, like things that we just have not experienced before, especially entering the workplace for most of us for the first time. I mean, yeah. I think you and I pretty much, did you go straight into law school from college or did you take a year off? I took like six months off and I taught high school. Because I took four and a half years to graduate because I have a teaching degree. Okay, that's what I thought. So I went straight from college to law school. So I took no time off. So I had no workplace experience, just yeah. classroom experience. Yeah. And so it was. it's really interesting that we're all sort of now, for the most part, navigating like this new world of being an adult with responsibilities. And so I think navigating the world as like, as an adult is really, it comes with its own set of difficulties and there really isn't a manual for it. All the time no. I'm like, where is the manual? I Do know. I turn to page 52 and you're, could you tell me like how to navigate this situation? Oh my gosh. Not yes. to sound too much like a millennial, but like this whole, <laughs> this whole adulting thing is really tough. And I it think is. we're all f- trying to figure it out. And so I think it's so important for all of us to just be kinder to ourselves and Absolutely. kinder to other people and to really foster these communities around us because the more we have people around us who we support and who are supporting us, the easier it is to sort of navigate these situations. And we all don't know what we're doing. Nobody knows what they're doing. So I think your story about, you know, getting that email, I would be the same way. I would, I would expect they would want me to, you know, get to it right now, you know, regard, because that's when you sent me the email. So I think it's a good lesson for all of us, you know, that we have to take time and they're, our employers, for the most part, are going to respect, you know, that time. I, I know every mm-hmm. environment is different, but I don't know. I think it's all it's all wrapped into just figuring it out as we go, which is kind of what we're all doing. Learning Absolutely. on the job, quite literally. Yep. Fake it till you make it. Literally, fake it till you make it is my motto. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what I'm doing 95, maybe 97% of the time. And I just hope nobody knows, but I'm announcing this on this podcast. So now they're all going to know, but what, what is your biggest dream? I don't know if I've ever been asked that before. Um, usually when I get asked a question that I've never been asked before, I just go with like my first initial gut thought. Cause I feel like that's the truest. Yeah. Your intuition. Um, yeah, I think my dream is to, be able to get to a point, it's kind of twofold, to get to a point in my career where I can give back, mm-hmm. um, whether that means with my legal expertise or 
with money or something, but be able to like give back to strangers one. Um, but also to give back to my parents, like they have sacrificed so much to send me to amazing schools my entire life and to send me to LA to law school and just, you know, it's like the more, the older you get, I think the more you appreciate what your parents have done for you, at least I have. And so I think one of my, um, probably my biggest dream is just to make my parents in their older age, you know, 10 years down the road or so, just give back to them what they've given to me, whether that means, you know, helping them out in retirement or helping them move somewhere, or I don't even know, just giving them the time with their grandkids. If that happens, I think I'm just, yeah, that's kind of it. That's such a weird answer. No, it's a great answer. It's all about paying it forward. You know, I think that's That's really, yeah, that's, that's how I, that's how a couple it all together. Yeah. I think that was the phrase that popped in my mind when you were talking about, you know, giving back maybe philanthropically and then also to your parents, which I think is such a beautiful thing to be able to do, which is high up on my list of goals too. You know, it's, it's about wanting to honor them too, for everything that they've done for us. And I just don't know if everybody's parents just in general know how much we all appreciate what they've done for us. And so I I love that answer. I think it's a great answer. It's not a weird answer at all. I think it's perfect. (laughs) Thank you for coming on my podcast. Of course. I I loved it. I think a lot of people can relate to your journey with SoulCycle because you said this earlier, but just about sort of losing yourself, I think it's so easy to lose who you are in the midst of so many changes and Um, navigating a new city or a new school or a new job or whatever it might be. And you're so focused on what's in front of you, but you forget to sort of take care of yourself. And so I think a lot of people can relate to what kind of, to me, feels like your journey to figuring out who you are and sort of getting back into a place where you are sort of in touch with who you are. And so I think it was sort of a, a journey back to... Melissa. I think yeah. that's kind of the best yeah. way to put it. So I think a lot of people can relate to that and um, just being an adult and trying to figure out a new job. So anyway, yeah. thank you. This was fun. I enjoyed our conversation. Yes, me too. Hey guys, so if you're still here, that means you listened to this entire episode and that means so much to me. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed today's episode with my good friend, Melissa. It was really fun to record. I just have a small ask though. If you haven't already, please, please, please hit subscribe in Apple iTunes and If you could, just leave a quick rating and maybe even a review. The more people that get to see this podcast, the better. And the more ratings this podcast has, the more people who will get to see it. So I hope you have a fantastic Halloween. And yeah, that's it. All right. Bye, guys. Talk to you next week.